Question. What are you trying to fix and you can't fix? We like to fix things. But there's some things we can't fix. And there's some people we can't control. I want to preach on the subject today. The Lord placed on my heart a message, let it float, let it float. And I wonder today what you're trying to fix and you're trying to control, but you can't control it and you can't fix it. And I want to tell you, you can let it float today. You can let it float. Somebody said motherhood, being a mother, is full of frustrations and headaches. Eventually they move out of the house. I don't know about that, but somebody said uh, mothers, uh, the first few years of their child's life, they're teaching them to stand up and speak up. And then the next few years, they're teaching them to sit down and hush up, all right, and be quiet. Well, let it flow. Just let it float. I believe there's three reasons that you're going to see and I'm going to see today in the book of Exodus why we need to let it float. And there are three ways that, listen, whether you're a mother or not, you can go to the next level in your trust and faith in God. How many want to go to the next level in your faith in the Lord? Probably most of us here would say, Lord, I want you to take me to another level. I, I know that, that, dear Lord, that, that I want to go a little further with you and I, I want to, to trust in you. And probably there's a lot of mamas and daddies here today and young people today that there's a missing maybe uh, trust in the Lord and maybe you're going through some circumstances right now that you really need God to take you to another level. I believe I'm preaching to a lot of mamas and grandmamas today that you're facing some things you can't control. And some family you can't control. What do you do when you can't control the situation? You let it flow. That's what you do. You let it flow. You'll understand a little bit more in a moment as we open the Bible and we're going to look today and see uh, three reasons why you ought to let it flow. Let me give you the reasons and then we can, uh, don't worry about getting them right now. We'll get them in a moment. Number one, the first reason you can let it float is because do you know that there are some circumstances and some people you cannot control? There's some things you cannot control. How many know that? All right. I hope you know that. But there's a second reason. We'll see this in a moment in the book of Exodus. And I'll tell you the chapter and the verse in a moment. It's uh, uh, found the second reason is uh, there are some things, however, do you know there are some things you can control? There are some things you can control. And then thirdly, we all, see if you agree, we all need to know that God is in control. The Lord is in control, and therefore you can let it flow. You know where I'm turning? I'm turning today, and I'm inviting you to turn today to the book of Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. Today is Mother's Day, and we're going to look today at this subject title, uh, Let It Float, Just Let It Float. Turn to Exodus chapter 1. And here, as you find your way to the book of Exodus, as you know, it's the second book in the Bible, you're well aware of the fact that Jacob and his children migrated over to a place called Egypt. Why? Because their son, Jacob's son, Joseph, had been taken to 
Egypt. The next thing you know, he is uh, second in command. That is, he is prime minister of Egypt. They come in 70 people, according to the scripture, and yet they went out a several million, according to scholars. But here at this particular time in Exodus chapter 1, there rose up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. Joseph had died. It's the account in the last chapter of the book of Genesis. And therefore, a Pharaoh rose up who did not know Joseph. Now, this is very important in the background in which we're going to look today. And so I want to encourage you, uh, number one, this is where we're going. Do you know that there are some circumstances and people you can't control? Find your way there to the book of Exodus, and we're going to pick up in verse number 15. Look at verse 15, please, and if you'd like to stand as we read, the first reason why you and I ought to let it float and why we need to let our faith to be increased that we could trust the Lord more is because found in verse 15 through verse 22. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shiphrah, and the name of the other, Puah. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. What's he saying? He's saying they had their babies before the midwives can even show up. Look at this, verse 20. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, Every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to read chapter 2 in a little while on point number 2, verses 1 through 4, and then finally verses 5 through verse number 10. But let's pray right now. Father, thank you for your presence and your peace and your power. We recognize, Lord Jesus, you are on the throne and you are indeed coming again and that you have called us for such a time as this. And Lord, I bless you today that you're a living God. And I pray that your glory will be seen today in every heart, and that your fresh cleansing will be upon my heart and that God, you'd help us to let some things float that are bothering us or that are troubling us or that, Father, things we cannot control. I pray, Lord, for breakthroughs today and every mama and every daddy and every young person, children and teenagers that are having difficulty, that, God, that you'd be real to us and we thank you that you are and we trust you now, our Lord, to accomplish your will and to change hearts today. And, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit 
illumine our eyes, quicken our hearts, and bring revelation and transformation into our life. And, and we thank you, we yield afresh to you, and pray, dear God, that you would open our hearts again to receive the incorruptible, indestructible Word of God, and that we'd let you have your way with every heart today. I pray for those who are wayward, those who are not serving you, those, our Lord, you'll draw them back into the fold. And those, our God, that are weary and well-doing and tired and, and discouraged, I pray you'll encourage them today. Thank you now for victory. We bless you now in Jesus' name. What you're doing and what you will do and what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today. Number one, will you let it float? Will you just let it float? Now, I bring you to this first scene in the Bible right here. Uh, the first scene is this, namely, there rose up a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. And this is very important, beloved, because uh, the goal I can see right now, this Pharaoh, this king called the Hebrew midwives. Now, you understand when I say Hebrew, this is the first reference in the Scripture in regards to the Jewish people or Hebrew people as in Hebrews. And, and therefore, this was a calling from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and now they're over in a foreign land. Now, I can see Pharaoh right now with my mind's eye. He calls these midwives. There are only two mentioned, only two. Notice, only two of the Hebrew midwives that are mentioned in the text. Now, we know that there was quite a bit of uh, probably mothers during that time, and uh, certainly there were probably other midwives However, here the Lord called these two midwives, that is, through Pharaoh, and here was the plan. His plan was to tell them, I want you, when the Hebrew women are having babies, I want you to help deliver those babies, and if you see that it's a baby boy, I want you to kill it right there. If it's a girl, then don't kill the baby. Well, what happens? You read the text, and you understand what happens? The Hebrew midwives feared God. And they weren't about to take the life of that baby boy. In fact, they come back to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, don't you know that these women, Hebrew women, they're robust. They're lively. They are strong. In fact, we don't even get there when they're ready to have a baby. And they had the baby already. <laughs> and therefore, we can't take the baby's life. Let me just stop and pause for a moment. How many heard last week our governor of Georgia, Kemp, Brian Kemp, sign into law a heartbeat bill? How many heard about that? Wasn't that a blessing for the state of Georgia? And uh, my understanding of this particular bill, last Tuesday was it signed into law that uh, it uh, forbids uh, a taking of a baby's life except for the cause of the mother or some other minor exception to this but let me make no mistake about this pharaoh had a plan what was his plan the devils always had a plan to exterminate the jewish people we call it anti-semitism and it started in the garden of eden and it progresses all the way through the book of revelation but note this that pharaoh unknowing maybe to him was going to exterminate and annihilate all the hebrew babies why because the Lord had promised to Abraham a universal promise, a national promise, and a personal promise out of his seed, 
out of his loins would come a great nation and furthermore a savior of the world think about it if Pharaoh had succeeded in killing all the babies there would not be a Jesus to come to save the people yea me and you from our sins but he cannot that is Pharaoh's not in control how many know that God's in control and uh, so I want to tell you there's some things that we cannot control number one we find that right here in the text what do we mean we cannot control these things you know there are some decisions y'all listen to me there are two thoughts that I want to bring to your attention number one there are some bad decisions that affect us all you agree with that I said there's some bad decisions that you're facing and I'm facing you didn't make the decision it might be somebody else making the decision it might be a family member making the decision it might be a child or a grandchild making the decision but it affects us all bad decisions affect us all and here the Hebrew people this is what the Lord spoke to my heart about this week as I was thinking and praying about the message is that the Hebrew people could not help that this Pharaoh uh, was out to liquidate or to again kill all the Hebrew baby boys they couldn't help that there's some things we can't help there's some things we can't control so what do we need to do we need to let it float I said we need to let it float you know right now in your heart there's some things that have gotten you frustrated you know right now in your mind there's some situations that you'd love to be able to fix you'd love to be able to push this button you'd love to be able to tweak this uh, loved one somehow or another but you can't tweak it and furthermore there's some decisions that are being made right now in our family our children and grandchildren we may not agree with it but how many know listen to me how many know that we need to take the bad with the good and make the best let me say it again take the good with the bad and make the best say it with me take the good with the bad and make the best one more time are you going to do that today? Are you going to overcome those things you can't control? There's some circumstances and some people we can't control. And it's vividly portrayed in verses 15 through 22. By the way, Pharaoh had three plans. This plan didn't work. And so he's going to find another plan to take them out. In fact, his plan was destined for failure. And I want to tell you something. One plus God is always majority. God is in control. And Pharaoh's plan was uh, diverted what I mean do you see at the end of the text uh, as it gets closer to verse 22 uh, and verse 21 uh, Pharaoh then says well I'll tell you what I want you to do uh, I want you to, uh, to, to to take all the babies and throw them into the Nile River and don't you know that that was dangerous treacherous water I didn't look it up exactly I'm not sure if piranhas are in the Nile River I'm sure they're alligators crocodiles or whatever in the Nile River and he was gonna just kill them all drown them all well that's the circumstances that we can't control and they're things we can't control and uh, that is found in verse 22 as I mentioned just now so there rose up a king that did not know Joseph now the midwives said to Pharaoh because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women but they are lively again they are robust again uh, God has put a spirit in them and they can have the babies before we even get there that reminds me of a story I heard about a lady that had a baby at the hospital guess where she had the baby in the elevator of the hospital she was so embarrassed she said to paramedics I just feel terrible I had this baby in the elevator 
of the hospital. And the paramedics tried to comfort her and said, don't worry about it, ma'am. We had a lady two years ago that had a baby out in the parking lot in her car. The lady said, I know, that was me. And so sometimes, sometimes we just can't control things. But I want to tell you, right here, what uh, circumstances, what kind of uh, uh, people are you trying to control? If I could just get this, if I could just do this, let it flow, let it flow. Yes, just let it flow. It reminds me of uh, speaking of circumstances we can't control. I visited with a lady this week, uh, Betty Daniel. How many know Sister Betty? And boy, she's been hit with a bombshell. You got stage four stomach cancer. How many know that's enough? my soul that's enough to take you under at least knock you off your feet and if you've been hit with that news you know what I'm talking about and as we sat there at the table and we uh, we talked and we prayed and we said we're going to believe God and it ain't over till it's over we believe that the Lord can bring healing if he chooses so but if he doesn't he can still give you the grace to go through endure whatever you're facing these days and so number one there's a first reason why you and I ought to Watch this, have faith in God. Why, why we ought to go to the next level. Why we ought to just let it flow. Are you going to let some things float today? There's some things been bugging you, aren't there? I've told you all I don't believe in reincarnation, but if I did, I'd want to come back as a bullfrog. Why? Because I could eat everything that bugged me. There's some things bugging you probably today, and you can't control them. And it's about to worry you to death. It's about to zap your energy. Why? Because you can't get rid of it. You can't seem to get a breakthrough there. But you've got to trust the Lord, and you can trust the Lord. Why? Because the Lord said we can trust Him. That leads us to the second reason, or the second way your faith can go to another level. Oh, my. I love this text. Here, number two. Do you know there's some things you can control? I want to draw your attention to Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Notice again in chapter 2 of the book of Exodus. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to a wife a daughter of Levi. Now Levi, of course, was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And it just so happens that this son was assigned to be a priest. And furthermore... We find out in verse 2. Look at verse 2 of Exodus chapter 2. And the woman conceived. Levi, had this, this uh, grandson, really, in essence, he was a grandson. Hey, did you notice something? Moses did not even record the name of his mama or his daddy right here. Did y'all notice that? There's no name mentioned for his mama. There's no name mentioned for his daddy. Why not? Moses is the author. Holy Spirit's the author. Did you notice that? We don't know the mama's name or the daddy's name in this passage. But if you're a Bible student, you know that they're listed in chapter 6 of the book of Exodus. Who was his daddy? Who was his mama? Do you know? It's also listed in the book of Hebrews. And the mama's name was Jochebed. Say that name with me. Jochebed. Say that name with me. Jochebed. Say it one more time. Jochebed. We're talking about Mother's Day. We're talking about Moses' mama, Jochebed. Look what she faced. She faced some circumstances she could not control. Look what she was up against, a dilemma. What do I do? Let it flow. What do I do, young person? Let it flow. What do I do about the culture in which I'm living? Let it flow. What do I do about things I can't control? Let it flow. God, give us peace. Give us peace, Lord. I dare say to you today, every one of us here need peace. How many of y'all today say, Pastor, I need 
really the peace of God. I'm going through some real troubled times in my life. I've got uh, some anxiety on my mind and heart. And I can't seem to get a breakthrough. I need peace. Well, the first step, the first way, the first reason why you and I need to let this thing float in order to have the peace that passes all understanding. Money can't buy it and the world can't give it. No. And so here we find that there's some things you can control. Who was Moses' daddy? Do you know? His daddy's name was Amram. Say that with me. Amram. Say it again. Amram. You learned something today. Moses' mama's name was what? Jochebed. And his daddy's name was Amram. Well, what about this mother called Jochebed? What did she do? There's some things she could control. There's some things out of her control. I want you to pay attention to verse 2 again of chapter 2. Look at it again with me. Follow with me, please. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was goodly. That means beautiful. That means he was healthy. She saw that he was goodly. She was a goodly child. She hid him for three months. And when she could not longer, she could not longer, any longer, hide him. Who? Moses. She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch, some type of tar to make it waterproof. This, watch this, this basket. Let it float. Now you're beginning to see the picture. Let it float. What is it you need to let, let float? What is it that you need to let float? Let it float. She took this. Notice verse 2 again. Verse 3, rather. Look at verse 3. And when she could no longer hide him, the baby Moses, she took for him an ark of bulrushes. What does that mean? And daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. Would you have done this? Would you put your baby in a basket and put it in the river? I dare say probably not many here would have done that. However, if you'd have been in her uh, shoes, you might have. But notice, she put it in the river. She laid it. She put the child in, last part of verse 3, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. Then verse 4. And the sister stood afar off. Well, who in the world was her sister? Miriam. Notice, Moses has a brother too. What's his name? Aaron. Aaron is his brother, and Miriam is his sister. His mama's name was, help me out, somebody. What was his mama's name, Moses' mama? Okay, did you get that? I'm going to give you a final exam here in a little while. <laughs> his mama's name was Jochebed. His daddy's name was Amram. He has a brother named Aaron. Now he has a sister named Miriam. Okay, so now we see the family of Moses. We see the circumstances where he is at. And now we wonder, what would you do? What are you going to do? Okay, look at verse 4. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. I don't know. I imagine old mama Jochebed probably said, hey, honey, I want you to, I, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to build me a little bitty boat. I'm going to build it out of uh, some type of wicker basket. And by the way, papyrus, and, and this, uh, this indicates this bulrush. I looked it up and did a little research on uh, the, these plants. They were about the size of your finger, the diameter of your finger, and they grew to be about six feet tall or ten feet tall, and they had no leaves on them at all. And so this mama weaved a, a basket like this, 
and she made it and put some type of tar or some type of pitch into this basket to make it waterproof. Now, here's a mama now. Get the picture. Your child, you're fixing to put your child in a basket. You're fixing to put your child at, in the river. Now, don't you know she would have built the best basket she could, she could build. She's not just going to throw him in a basket. This is a mama. This is a child. This is a baby. She can't control the circumstances. Moses is three months old now. And don't you know he had some lungs on him. He was probably crying and, hey, look. All it would have taken is one guard to walk by their house and hear a, Wah! One guard walked by the house, Wah! What's that noise? That's a baby. It's a baby boy. And the guard would have taken his sword and killed the baby just like that. The mama knew he's now three months old. I got to do something with him. I can't keep raising him. Lord, what am I going to do? How many mamas? need to let some things flow will you put some things in the basket today will you put those cares in the basket today will you put those loved ones in the basket Jochebed did she was facing some circumstance she couldn't control is there any mamas here today that say you know I've got some worries I've got some I don't know how my child's going to be able to grow up in this mean and this terrible world in which we're living Mama put him in the basket. Jochebed put that little baby in the basket, Moses. And she let it float. There's some things you need to let float today. There's some things you need to let float today. What is it that you need to let float? What is it you need to put in the basket? Are you going to put it in the basket today? Are you going to keep carrying it around and, and cause more anxiety? Well, there's some things you can control. Therefore, may I suggest to you, we need God's power. We need God's peace because there's some things we can't control. But then we need God's power to control the things we can. She knew what she had to do. You know what you need to do today? I know what you need to do. I know, I'm telling you, there's some things you need to put in the basket today. There's some things you need to put in the basket today. All right? You're going to do it? Young people, some things you need to put in the basket today. Man, I don't know how I'm going to live. All this terrible stuff I'm going through. All the all this stuff and people ending their life and drugs and sex and alcohol and the whole nine yards. How am I going to live? How can I live with myself? How can I be forgiven? How can I know that God really cares for me? How can I have peace with God? Listen to me. There's some mamas and grandmamas and daddies and granddaddies right here today that feel like failures. You need to put that in the basket today. Will you put the failures of yesterday in the basket today? You won't be able to move on tomorrow if you don't put them in the basket today. Daddy? Well, two thoughts. Number one, Jochebed, watch this, she fought her fears, but she fed her faith. Notice what happens. We just read in the text exactly what she did. She fought her fears, and she fed her faith. Jochebed, Mother's Day. There's some things that you can control today. 
There's some things that you can rise above today. There's, uh, there's some ways that God is going to enable you by his Holy Spirit. You can't figure it all out. You can't explain it. You can't alter the situation. But God says, I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to empower you to go through what you're going through. Yes, it may be a storm. Yes, it may be a hurtful situation. Oh, yes, you can look back on your life, many of you here today, and say, but God, why did I have to go through all this mess as a child? Abuse and, and sexual abuse and physical abuse. And, and, and Lord, why did I have to go through this broken home or broken relationship? Relationship. And God's saying there's some things you got to put in the basket. You got to put the hurts of yesterday in the basket. You got to hurt and put the bitterness and anger and unforgiveness in the basket today. God, I got to bring this broken relationship and put it in the basket today. I need to let this thing float, Lord. It's about to take me under. It's about to cause me to go crazy. I can't figure it out, Lord. I don't know if I can move on anymore or not. But God, I do believe that you will heal the hurts and you'll help me to let it float today. So she fought her fear and she fed her faith. Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? You've been fearful, hadn't you? Put that fear in the basket. Will you? Jochebed, put that baby in the basket. Oh God, I I've been fearful about what if I... What, what, what if this happens to me? And what if I get this? And what if it, oh yeah, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Insecurity, put it in the basket. Rejection, put it in the basket. Inferiority complex, put it in the basket. My future, my finances, put it in the basket. And speaking of fear, remind me of the story of the little boy that uh, his granddaddy told him to run down to the river and fetch some water. So he went running down the river. He got him a little bucket and went down to the river. And as he was scooping up that river water about that time, big eyes emerged out of the water. His little heart began to, boy, beat 90 to nothing. It was an alligator. And he dropped the bucket and went running back up the hill, said, Grandpa, Grandpa, I know I'm supposed to get some water, but there's an alligator down there, and I'm scared, Grandpa. Grandpa said to him, Son, don't you be scared of that alligator. That alligator is going to be just as scared of you as you are him. Go back down there in the river and fetch some water. He ran back down to the river. He got his bucket again. He was about to scoop up some water. About that time, that big alligator came up out of the water, those big eyes emerging out of the water. He dropped his pail. He ran up to the hill. He said, Grandpa, I'm scared. There's an alligator. The grandpa says, Son, I done told you that alligator is as scared of you as you are of him. Get back down there, please, and get that water for us. We need to use it. And he went down to the river, and, uh, and the same thing happened again. He dropped the bucket. The alligator came up. He ran back up the hill. Grandpa said, son, what are you doing? He said, Grandpa, I got to thinking. If that alligator's as scared of me as I am of him, that water ain't fit to have. Well, this case, Jochebed put her little baby Moses in the basket. Well, what do we do? We fight our fears. We feed our faith. That's right. And you do what you can. Don't worry about what you can't do. Do what you can. And that leads us to number three. The third reason why you and I need to trust the Lord. Need to put some things in the basket. We need to just let it float today. You're going to do it? You, you got two options. I said you've got two options. What are you going to do today? You're going to, no, i got to hold on this thing and I just can't let it float. 
Well, number three, you need to know, and I need to know, not only number one, there's some things out of our control, some people and circumstances. We find that from verse 15 to 22 in chapter 1. Number two, there's a second reason found in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And it's this, namely that there are some things you can control. And then number three, we need to know, do you know that God is in control? Do you know that God is in control? When she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. Are you going to do what God tells you to do today? Are you just going to sit there and say, God, no, I've got to carry this thing around. I want to be a martyr. I want to feel sorry for myself. I want everybody else to feel sorry for myself. Or do you really want to move on? Do you really want a breakthrough today? Do you really want to see God begin to impart to you resurrection power and become more usable in, for the Lord and for His glory? Do you want to see Him enlarge your coast? Do you really want to see the Lord begin to use you in a mighty way that He's not before? If you do, then you've got to put some things in the basket. If you do, you've got to let some of these things float. But that leads us to number three. We're going to see it. There are some things we need to know, and it's this, that God is in control. I want you to zero in in verse number 5 through the last part of chapter 2, uh, verse number 10. Look at chapter 2, verse number 5. Look at verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh, interesting, God is in control. The daughter of Pharaoh, this is the big wig, the daughter of Pharaoh Remember the Pharaoh that did not know Joseph? Same, same man, did not know Joseph. The children of Israel, bondage, 430 years. The daughter of Pharaoh, look at this, verse 5, came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. She brought some maidens with her. Interesting. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. She just happened to see this ark, this boat, if you will. And it's the same word, by the way, that's used uh, in Noah's day when they built an ark, same uh, ark or, or word, rather. Now look at verse 6. And when she had opened it, what? The basket, what was in it? She opened it, evidently it had a lid on it, and, and when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. Somebody said the Holy Ghost pinched Moses about the time Pharaoh and the maidens came up to the river. But the baby wept, Moses. And then look what happens. And she, verse 6, and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. She had compassion. In other words, she said, i got to treat him with tenderness. In other words, she saw that Moses, this little baby in, in this basket, a baby boy on top of that. Look at verse 7. And then said his sister, named Miriam, Miriam to Pharaoh's daughter. Miriam's hiding in the bushes. <laughs> she's, she's looking to see what's going on. And she sees that basket right there over in the river. And she's hiding over in the bushes that Mama's told her, Jochebed. The Bible doesn't say this, but in my sanctified imagination, I imagine Miriam was told, now, honey, I want you to go out there and you just kind of watch and make sure nothing happens to him. And, and you know, you need to you be on the wear. Here comes Pharaoh's daughter. Here comes her maidens with her. And, oh, boy, I wonder what's going to happen next. And about that, time, about that time, they see a basket floating in the water. And 
What's in that basket? It's not strange. A, a basket like that floating in the Nile River. Pharaoh's daughter just happened to come down at that right time, hello, and wash herself. And, and it was a divine appointment, no doubt. God is in control. And her maidens come with her and they fetch that basket and they see what's in the basket. And God moves on Pharaoh's daughter's heart and she sees that baby with compassion. Well, Miriam's standing by and here all of a sudden she steps on the scene. Look what happens. Verse 7. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? <laughs> a plan is in place. God wheels of providential circumstances are beginning to roll. Man, I'm about to start shouting. Oh, bless the Lord. Has God ever done that in your life? Sure he has. Has the Lord doing that lately? Do you see the plan of God? Bad things happen, yes. Things you can't control, yes. But God is still at work. Oh, bless his holy name. Notice verse number, uh, verse 8. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Miriam said, hey, I'll go get one of the Hebrew uh, women. After all, this is a Hebrew baby, a Hebrew boy. And, and Pharaoh's daughter, verse 8, said, Go, and the maid went and called the child's mama. <laughs> Here is Moses' mama, Jochebed, willing to put the baby in the basket and let it float. My, but that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the narrative. You need to see what else happened. Look at this, verse number, uh, verse number uh, 8 again. And the child went and called the child's mother. But look at verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, that is Moses' mom, Jochebed. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away. And nurse it for me. <laughs> I can see old Jacobin said, you really want me to do this? Okay, I guess I will. <laughs> she was probably a lady with joy. And, and nurse it for me. And then look in verse 9. And I will give thee wages. I'll pay you to raise your own son. Can you beat that? Getting paid to raise your own baby. Can you beat that? You can't beat that at all. God said, I'm, if, you, if you put it in the basket, if you let it float, God said, I, I, I'll do some things in your life. And, and, and he said, and the Pharaoh's daughter said, I'll give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Verse 10, and the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She called his name Moses because she said, I have drew him out of the water. God is in control. And you and I today can trust him. You can trust the Lord. Do you know that God is in control? Yes, there's some circumstances and people we can't control. You're thinking right now of somebody, somebody you work with, somebody, a friend of yours, you wish you could control them. You wish they wouldn't keep posting stuff on Facebook. You wish they'd stop sending you text messages. You wish they'd stop talking about you. You wish all of this stuff. I can't control it, Lord. I'm getting angry with them. I'm getting mad. And God, I just don't know. I'm not going to talk with them. I'm going to talk about them. And when I see them, I'm just going to ventilate and tell them all because I'm angry at what they're doing. There's some things you can't control, but there's some things you can control. You can't help when birds fly over your head, but you can help when they nest in your hair. You're going to let them nest in your hair? Hey, I can't help birds fly over my head, but I'm going to help when they nest in my hair. But So there's some things you can control. And then know that God is in control. Yes, he's in control. 
just at the proper time, <laughs> Pharaoh comes, Pharaoh's daughter comes down to the river. Just so happens to see this little baby, the maids, see the wicker, the basket in the, in the Nile River, Miriam, the little sister's hiding, and she's really a big sister to brother, and, and they show up at the same time, and, and, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh's daughter says, I like that little baby's cute. How many of y'all know that most, nine out of ten babies that are born, they're ugly? Anyway, this baby's cute, and probably in all indication, this baby was probably two to three months old. Uh, because the scripture said she hid him for three months. And we're told that probably she nursed him, and I'm just kind of guessing two to three years old, and then she turned him over to Pharaoh's uh, house, and he was raised in the Egyptian culture. He went to school, University of Egypt, all indication there, and you know the rest of the story. So here is my conclusion today. Why is your faith not overcoming some of these obstacles? Why, why are we spending more time worrying about things instead of putting it in the basket, letting it float? Well, why is it that we're facing fear and failure and rejection and anger and self-righteousness and jealousy? There's some things today that God is telling us, you need to let it float. You need to put it in the basket today. Will you come put it in the basket today? Will you come put it in the basket today? You say, but I can handle it. No, you can't. You haven't been able to handle it. You're not going to be able to handle it. It's affecting your blood pressure. It's affecting your physical life. It's affecting your family life. And the Lord is saying today, you need to just put it in the basket. Mamas and, and grandmamas, you know, the future of my child, they're fixing to strive. They're turning 16 years old. I'm not going to be able to deal with him out on the road driving. Uh, what am I going to do? And now that uh, my little child is fixing to grow up and graduate from high school, man, we're going out into the limb here. We're putting her out. We've got to put her in the basket. We've got to put the, him in the basket. We've got we've to let it float. Let it float. Some today may be saying, you know, I've not believed God and I've not been a Christian because of some things that have happened to me. But you know that there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And you know deep down in your heart that if you die without God, it's not going to be a good situation. I know the world tells us we die and that's it and it's over. But the Bible says differently. And the Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment that Christ died for our sins, the just for us, the unjust, that he might bring us back to God. You need to put your sins in the basket today. If you're not really a Christian, and you know deep down inside that if something's happened, if you die, listen to me, if you know that something was happened to me, listen to me, if something was to happen to you today, where would you spend eternity? Don't play with your eternal destination. You need to get this thing right. And you tried this and that, and you tried to be good and tried to do more good than bad, but that's not going to cut it with God. There's one thing that'll cut it with God. Jesus died on the cross, he arose from the grave, and he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today, you, you need to say, God, I know I'm, I sinned. I can't pay the, my sin debt. I don't want to pay my sin debt. It's the lake of fire. Wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and 23. Whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. But this message is too, not only to those who are not Christians, but to Christian moms and Christian grandmas. Would you stand to your feet today?